From Nashville, Tennessee, Southwestern Family of Companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, we share insights and inspiration for movers and shakers in the world of business. Our goal is to help you increase your self-discipline, overcome procrastination, and help you to take action on all the things that really matter. If you are in any kind of marketing or sales, then this is a very important episode for you. Uh, In this very episode, we're going to talk about why if you are in marketing, you are in sales. And if you are in selling, you are in marketing. And chances are, if you are in either, you're probably doing it wrong just like me. And uh, we're going to talk about some of the mistakes that uh, I have made and have struggled with. I've, I've been studying over the years for how to resolve this, but it's really challenging, really, really hard. And, um, you know, I got a guy here, Bruce Turkel, that's going to be our guest who appears regularly on national media, national television, and is one of the smartest branding and marketing minds out there, but it also understands sales and the power of sales and marketing together. So I think this is a really, really important message um, or in an important episode for uh, all of us, right? Like all of us are in sales and we're all in marketing and, and uh, especially ever since the emergence of social media, it's like, we're all in marketing, all of us, every single, every single person. Um, and we've all always been in selling. And, and so it's a whole new world out there. And I'm going to share with you at the end, the big breakthroughs that I had in this, uh, four elements of effective sales language, which you can use, whether you're a copywriter or you're a salesperson, these four elements. So you don't want to miss it. It's a great episode. We'll get started just after this message. This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Coaching. Southwestern Coaching has helped over 11,000 people increase their incomes by over 25% on average. As a successful salesperson, you know the importance of increasing your sales, but sometimes you might just need a little extra push and accountability to meet your goals and grow your business. Southwestern Coaching will help you increase your income through one-on-one sales and leadership coaching tailored specifically to your needs. Together, we will elevate sales. To schedule your free one-on-one business action planning session with a Southwestern coach, go to www.southwesternconsulting.com forward slash action catalyst. Bruce Turkel, one of my favorite guys because of several reasons. He's very pointed. He is very passionate. He's an expert. You probably will recognize him. He's on Fox Biz or uh, CNN just about every week, every week, actually. Um, And uh, he's just a branding genius. Uh, He runs a company called Turkel Brands, so he operates his own business agency, and they work with all sorts of different brands. Uh, they've worked with Nike, American Express, uh, Discovery Networks, Bacardi, etc. cetera. Um, and Bruce is a speaker. That's where I know him. Uh, he's spoken at MIT and Harvard and TEDx and uh, just a, just a, a really great guy. He's got a book coming out um, called All About Them. Um, and it's kind of like uh, that's what we're going to talk through is what's going on in the world of branding right now. And that's something that obviously I'm personally passionate about. And like always, whenever I can steal free consulting advice on the air, I take advantage of it. So Bruce, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you. Now I understand why you've been so welcoming. I just thought you liked me. <laughs> no, well, we're ready for my free advice session. So, um, so actually in all seriousness, I, you know, it, as soon as you told me the title of the new book, all about them, 
you know, connected with me because we're servant selling. We talk about it at Southwestern Consulting. It's it's a very uniqueness in terms of how we approach selling. Um, and you're not really a classic sales guy, but but the message is aligned. And I know you, you, you this does apply very much for salespeople. So can you just kind of tell us what is the actual what is the premise of all about them? Well, you know, it's funny. You introduced me and you said, not a sales guy. And you're right. I don't have sales guy on my business card and it's not how I sell myself. I'm a marketing guy. I'm a branding guy. But I believe everybody's a sales guy Amen. because we're all trying to accomplish something and nothing happens until something gets sold. And whether it's selling a product, selling a service or selling an idea, which is how I spend most of my time selling concepts, we're all out there selling. So it would make sense then when I looked at ways that I could make branding work for all the folks I deal with, one of the things I would look at is the sales world. And see, you think you're getting freebies from me, but I got freebies from you because I looked at um, servant selling and I looked at Southwestern and I said, wait a second, that, there's something that makes a lot of sense there in a bigger context than just selling. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think, um, you know, to, just to, to say, because I, I love marketing. I mean, I'm definitely a sales guy. I'm as sales as it comes. But I one of the reasons that I love marketing is because marketing is just selling with text and imagery. Uh, and I mean, it's a sales pitch on paper, basically. Um, so I love that. But so, you know, classic marketing is sort of like the four P's of marketing. Some people have more, but you talk about five P's just to sort of establish the conversation. Can you just do a quick, like run through of like, if, you know, what are the five P's? Well, let's, let's back up on something. First of all, marketing is selling. I mean, there's just no question that it's not. Marketing is only multiplied salesmanship, right? Because when you're out talking to someone and selling, it's one-on-one, -on -one, which I think we would both agree is the most important way to do it. Marketing is just expanding from one to as many as you can reach by reaching out and talking to a lot of people. So you do it online, you do it offline, you do it in the persona you present, you do it in all of those things. When you get down to the five Ps, positioning, pricing, placement, all of those things, what you're doing is quantifying the message. You're taking the bigger message, which is A, what is your authentic truth as a salesperson, as a marketer, who are you and why do you matter, then you're combining it with the all about them concept, which is stop talking about yourself, start talking about your audience, and only then can you afford to get into the nitty gritty and start talking about price, start talking about packaging, start talking about positioning. The biggest problem I see is not that people don't know the, the, the five Ps, the four Ps, as you're right, different people use different numbers. The biggest problem is that people jump to that ready, fire, aim before they actually figure out what it is they stand for and why they matter. Yeah, we're doing this wrong. Um, we're, we're in the middle of going through a whole revamp that's really, it's already been 18 months in the process and now we're just about to kind of start going external with it. But like, we are classic, like you go to our website and it's all about who we are and what we do. And you, you know, you're one of the people who's really affected my, my thinking on this because you pretty much just come out and say, nobody really cares about that. Uh, it's so true. It, it used to be old school. And by old school, I mean turn of the century, before the internet, before democratized media. You bought ads, you wrote books, you sent out brochures, you did all those things, and you basically told me who you are and why you matter. You had no choice. 
but now the world has changed drastically. Before I do business with you, I have already gotten as much information as I want. Why? Because we all carry around that little black combination of silicon and glass called a smartphone that has access to either Siri or Cordana or, or, or Google or whatever. And Siri, let's face it, knows everything. So I've already been online and I've learned as much, or for people who don't care about the facts, as little as I want to know. And there's no great benefit to you telling me more. Instead, you need to tell me about me because that's my number one concern. Of course, I'm talking about the metaphorical me, but in the, the, the great world out there, people care about themselves. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think a first part of it is just kind of, you know, at least for me, is just realizing like, yeah, people don't really care about you like they don't need to. And, and, and then I think the other part that was insightful to me was you you go into this conversation about uniqueness um, in the book and you talk about the myth of uniqueness because it's like as a marketer, right? I'm almost like, okay, well, I have to differentiate myself. But you kind of talk about that that's not even really like, give me your take on the whole uniqueness concept. Sure, I'd be delighted. Um, when I was in design school and when I studied um, advertising and marketing, everybody talks about the USP, the unique selling proposition. Some people call it the X factor. Some people call it, um, there, there's all kinds of names for it, actually. And so marketers and therefore their clients, meaning companies, retailers, uh, manufacturers, get so hung up in how are we unique? And the truth is, if you look up the word unique, three words, unlike any other. That doesn't mean you're kind of unique or sort of unique. It means unlike any other. It's like you can't be a little perfect. You can't be a little excellent. You can't be a little pregnant. You either are or you're not. <laughs> right? And you can't be a little unique. And here's the other problem. Consumers don't want something unique because they don't understand it. They don't know what they're looking for. Steve Jobs said, it's not my customer's business to know what they want next. And why would they? They're not the visionary. You are. So my recommendation is not to try to be unique. Instead, we look for something. We call it POD. POD stands for point of difference and point of distinction. Point of difference, meaning where are you different? Where are you differentiated? Not unique. Unique is a thumbprint, an eye scan, a snowflake, right? They're unlike any other. I'm not suggesting you look for that. Look for where you're different and look for your point of distinction. Where are you better? Not excellent, not perfect. Those are, again, absolute words. What did Sting say? The search for perfection is all very well, but to look for heaven is to live in hell. The suggestion is not to try to be perfect or unique, to be different and distinct and market those things. So how do you, I mean, it's like, well, okay, well, you know, our people make the difference. I mean, like, how do you find, everybody says that, right? Or, you know, it's our, it's our, our integrity is what is, is what matters. Like, and everybody says that, like, can you? Can you clarify a little bit more for us? Like, how do we, how does a, you know, a business really go about understanding what their point of distinction really is? I would be delighted. It's what we call in the book, your authentic truth. What is it about you that gets you up in the morning, either personally or as a group or as a company? And everybody has it. The problem is we don't see it. Why don't we see it? Because we're too busy doing everything else, running the business, making payroll, uh, filling out compulsory regulation forms, cleaning our offices, doing all the things we have to do 
keeps us from doing the things that we need to do. You know the great movie, The Wizard of Oz. The entire trip through Munchkinland and the Yellow Brick Road and the witches and the trees and the Emerald City and everything is Dorothy just trying to get back home again. And at the very end, what does Glenda the Good Witch say to her? You had it in you all along. You already knew how to get home. Now, as an aside, that makes me wonder why the heck she was called the Good Witch, since I would say, really, you made me travel with those three freaks and fight those two <laughs> witches, and I had it in me all along? But your company, your service, your business had it, has it in you all along. It is hidden in plain sight. And my suggestion would be, if you look at what you do and what your consumer wants, and you look at where those intersect, you'll find the answer. But here's a trick. It's not the function of what you do, because that's where we all go first. What's that mean? The function is what you actually do, what you studied and what you do every day. If you're a dentist, you fill fillings. If you're a gardener, you mow lawns. If you're a plumber, you fix pipes. If you're a librarian, you put books away, right? Those are the functional things that we do. But think about the products you buy, like a car. Car's function is to get you from point A to point B. When was the last time you saw a car ad that said, our car is better at getting you from point A to point B than the competition? You Mm -hmm. don't see that. Television's function is to present programming, right? When was the last time you saw a TV ad that said, we present programming better than the competition? A restaurant's function is to put food in your belly. When is the last time you saw a restaurant that said, come eat here because we can put food in your belly? Function is cost of entry. If you don't provide function, if you don't do what the customer's buying, they're not buying you. But just because you do do those things doesn't mean they're buying you either. And the difference is figuring out the intersection with what they want. And the way to figure it out is look at their aspirations. Who does your customer want to be? Mm. Doesn't mean that's who they're going to be, but who do they want to be? I mean, for example, my wife used to drive an SUV, SUV, big four-wheel drive vehicle, right? I live in Miami. We have no mountains, no dirt roads, no snow, no ice, but it was safe. It was capable, right? And she wanted to be a good, safe mother responsible for her children, right? And so I'm not making fun of her. I drive a sports car designed to go, what, 180 miles on the Autobahn? I live in Miami. You can't go faster than 35 miles an hour on the expressway, (laughs) Uh right? But what Uh do I want? I want to be young and hip and stylish and everything else. Those are my aspirations. And so I bought a product and let's face it, I paid more for a product than just a car that could get me from point A to point B because of my aspiration. And the authentic truth of that product is providing me with the aspirational uh, desire that I have. I love that question. Who does your customer want to be? Because it's and you actually talk about this late, later later in the book. You do a, a little kind of a piece on um, what are we what do we sell versus what do we exchange money for, or what are we selling versus what do they buy? Oh, that's exactly the point. I am so happy you read my book. Thank you. That's exactly the point. The restaurant exchanges money for food, but they sell something different a chance to take out your date, to take out your family, to take out your client, to get away for an hour from your busy day, to plop down and enjoy yourself, right? That's what they sell. What they exchange for money is a burger or a fish or a salad or whatever. 
Yeah. So I just, I, I want to sit on this concept a little bit because I struggle with it. Like, you know, uh, um, you, when you're writing copy, this is a great example of where this is really hard, right? Because when you write copy for a web page or something or the back of a book, it's like, you know, we've been in business for 10 years and we've served X number of customers and we're the best in the world at, at, at this. And I think that this, what we're talking about is the, where we need to get is it's like, just make a list. I mean, is that is that what we could do is just make a list of like, who does our customer want to be list that out? And then that would become the language that we use. Yeah, actually there's an exercise in the book. That's like that. It's a brand pyramid and you go through all those things. So all the things you just listed, we've been in business 10 years. We have these accreditations. We have this many computers. What say, I'll bless whatever it is. Those are, are, are the features of the business, right? Those are what we call in the marketing business, RTBs reasons to believe. So if you say, here's what we can do for you. Now I'm interested. Now you give me the RTBs. Well, we can do it because we're nationally located, you know, located around the country. We've been in business 30 years. We have all the federal regulations. We have the right people, whatever. But if you tell me that stuff up front, I don't care. You know, that famous quote by Wayne Gretzky, I skate where the puck is going to be. That's yeah, what I want. Where the puck is where it's going to be. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what I want your listeners to do. Don't try to sell your customer what it is they're buying. Sell your customer who they will be after they've purchased your product. Because that's who they want to be. And that's where the real money is. That's where the incremental profits are. And by the way, that's also where there's no competition. If you're only selling function, whether it's insurance or tailoring or, or retail or whatever, you have a lot of competition. And your customer, you might be better. I'm sure you're better, but your customer doesn't know that. We all sell a promise, right? Buy my product and you'll be happy with it. That's a promise, but it's a generic promise. However, the bigger message is buy my product and you'll be happy with you. What we say in the book is a good brand makes you feel good but a great brand makes you feel good about yourself. Hmm. Can you say that line again about, you said, don't sell your customers what you, if something like, don't sell your customers what they, what they, what you have, sell them who they want to be or yes, say that. That's exactly right. Don't sell your customers what they will do with your product or service. The function that we talked about earlier, sell your customer who they will be when they buy and use your product or service. So look and, at, I'm sorry, go ahead. And even not who they will be, who they want to be. Because well, that's because right. half of them won't do, like, uh, like, like I'm thinking in our case, right? Like in coaching, uh, some people won't actually do the work. Like if they did use it the right way, it's like a do it DIYer, right? You go to Home Depot, you buy a bunch of crap, but then you figure out, oh, I can't do this. And you end up hiring someone to do it anyways. But yeah, you're but absolutely I, right. Except you go to Home Depot three times before you figure that out. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> you get home and you don't have the part and you go back and then you return it twice and they give you something else. Then you give up. Yeah. Uh, that's so good, Bruce. I mean, this is, I don't know. I must be dense or something because like, you know, you know Dave Averin is our buddy. I and and I, I mean, I have so many people talk about this. And for some reason, it's just so hard to get through my brain of speaking in terms of not, not who are we, not what do we do, not what do we offer, 
not even really necessarily what do we do better than anyone else. It's just who do you want to be? And that is all about them. The, the whole trick is to turn the conversation around to be about them. And by the way, not just in marketing, but the next time you're arguing with, with your, well, you never argue with your wife, but you know, those people who might actually do that. The next time you're arguing with your spouse or you're sitting in a bar with your buddy and you're having a conversation, try it. Try it. Instead of either telling them they're wrong or disagreeing or trying to prove to them your point of view, show them who they will be, who they, uh, you said it better than I did, show them who they want to be after they accomplish what you're talking about. By the way, here's a perfect opportunity to do that. And I'm not taking any sides here on your show, but watch the presidential election. I mean, it's a masterclass in branding and it's a masterclass in all about them. You may or may not agree with one candidate or the other. It's irrelevant. Move yourself to the 50,000 square foot level, take off your partisan hat and watch strategically and you will see this happen over and over again. The best politicians, not necessarily the best, uh, the best people to govern, but the best politicians, the best campaigners play to our greater selves. In the last election, so we're not talking about this one where people were passionate, the, the current president, his advertising line, I think, was one of the greatest lines ever written. In fact, I'd say it was probably the third best ad line ever written. Yes, we can. Yes is aspirational. We is inclusive. I'm, I'm sorry. Yes is positive. We is inclusive. And can is aspirational. It told us all that we could be something better. Again, whether you believe it or not, it's another issue that doesn't matter for this, for this interview. But yes, we can. One of the greatest, probably the third greatest ad line ever written because it played exactly into the all about them concept. Yeah, I always, I always think it's hilarious because I, you know, whenever I see you on TV or something, you're almost always talking about these politicians, but you never really take a side about any sort of political stance. You're always just analyzing and and uh, sort of breaking down the the brand strategy piece of it, which I I think is fascinating and. It's got to be tricky to do. Well, I'm glad you noticed that. I actually work very hard at that. Of course, I have an opinion, a very strong one, like everyone else does. But that's not, in my mind, why I'm on TV. I'm not taking sides because I'm not actually talking about politics, am I? I'm talking about what you can learn and use it for your own business. And you can learn from both sides. And I try very hard. And some of the TV stations I'm on, you know, they try, they want you to be on one side or the other because they want conflict and they want tumult. And I get that. But that's not why I'm there. I'm there to say, did you see what they just, I mean, this happens. I'll be sitting on the couch. My wife is watching the news. A candidate will say something and I'll say, did you see what he or she just did? That was brilliant. And my wife will say, I can't believe you believe that. Blah, blah, blah. I go, no, honey, <laughs> Listen, I'm not changing my vote. Don't worry. But strategically, look what they just did. Let's learn from that. There's so much out there. I'm telling you, it's a masterclass. And, and especially this year, because there's such clear differences and there's such clear techniques that the candidates are using, that if you can stop either being supportive or angry and just open yourself to learning, it's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, that is sort of an interesting, uh, interesting thing. Um, so I, 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 have another question for you, but before we do that, I want to make sure we don't skip over. Where do people go to get all about them or to connect with you, Bruce, or, or where should we point people to? It's really easy. If you want to connect with me, just go to my website, which is my name, 
Bruce Turkel, B-R-U-C-E-T-U-R-K-E-L.com. Quite simple. And you can click on the book there. You could send me an email. I, I write a blog about these sort of things. You can register for the blog, all that good stuff. And of course, you can buy the book. What's that great line? Wherever fine books are sold. So you can get it at Amazon. You can get it at Barnes & Noble. You can get it online. You can get it hopefully at your local bookstore. Um, I'd love for you to buy it. I'd love for you to buy a lot of them actually uh, and give them out as gifts. I really think there's useful stuff in here. But just hop on the web and just come to my website, BruceTurkel.com, and uh, I'll give you access to all this stuff. But forget about what's in the book. It'll make you a smarter person. It'll make you a better a better wordsmith. It will help you sell to more clients and speak their language. Um, by reading this book, those will be all of the things that you want to be. And this will show you how to do that. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I love it. So um, one just other little segment of the book, we kind of haven't we kind of touched on it, but not really. Uh, but I thought it was fascinating is the, 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 the section there's a section on content versus context. Um, and I think that's an interesting distinction about content and context. Can you just kind of talk about that just a little bit? I would be delighted to. Thank you. Uh, this is big picture stuff. It takes a little bit of thinking, but once you get it, it makes perfect sense. In, the, in 1991, I think, uh, Nicholas Negroponte, the head of the MIT Media Lab, wrote a book called Being Digital. And his point was content is king. If you own content, uh, uh, words, images, music, whatever, thanks to the new democratized technology, you can repurpose it, right? So you can take something you wrote and you can put it on Facebook and you can do it as a blog and you can do it as an ebook and you can print it out on demand and you can take that one bit of content and you can turn it into lots of different products. Content is king. If you think about what you do, consulting, or you're a physician, or you're a baker, or whatever, the product or service you provide is your content, okay? So just think of it that way. Mm -hmm. But the bigger picture is context. So 120 or 30 years ago, Henry Ford changed not the content of the automobile. He changed the context because by creating automobiles that everybody could afford, the Model T, by making them out of parts that were interchangeable, what he did was he changed the context that cars existed within. And so what's that great Henry Ford quote? If I asked my customers what they wanted, they would have said faster horses because they, didn't, they thought that a car was just a, a, a recreation device. He turned them into transportation devices. He didn't change the car. He changed the world the car lived within. Another great quote is Marshall McLuhan who said, I don't know who discovered water, but it wasn't the fish. And we live in a world of context. So if you stop thinking about what you do, but think about how what you do exists in the greater context of who your customer is and why they matter, everything changes. So if you're a dentist, for example, you stop talking about fillings because a filling is a commodity content that any dentist can do. And instead, you look to see who your customers are. And if your customers are parents, you talk about being a better parent because their kids are getting better dental care. If your customers are people in their 50s and 60s who are concerned with longevity, you talk about the context of their lives and why dental care is one of the critical components of a long life. If you only talk content, 
the kind of metal you use in your fillings or how much you charge, you're just a dentist. But if you talk context, you move above that and all of a sudden the marketplace opens. The other thing you get to do is charge more money because you can charge a lot more money for context than you can for content. Hmm. So you're kind of like placing what you do in the context of their lives. You said it better in few words. You said it much better than my whole blah, blah, blah. Yes. Man, this has been great. This has been so wonderful. I feel like, uh, you know, there's some, there's some long, long awaited light bulbs for me that have been trying to get to come on like in a, in a very permanent way. And, uh, I feel like just answering that question, who does your customer want to be is such a brilliant question. Um, Bruce Turkel is the guy that you're listening to. All about them is the name of the book. You can go to BruceTurkel.com. Uh, he's rather entertaining. His blogs and e- emails are, are funny and insightful. Uh, never political. The, the one never, and only Bruce Turkel. Thank you so much, buddy, for being on the show. Thank you, my friend. I truly, truly appreciate this. So this was a big, big interview for me, a big breakthrough in just clarifying some things I think that I've struggled with for a really long time. And I I have spent a lot of time thinking about this since since the um, interview and gone back and listened to it. And, and I've tried to summarize and bring to you sort of a concise format of, of what the breakthrough is, I think, in terms of, and, and more importantly, how do you translate and implement this in your own, your own business? Um, and uh, I'm going to call it this the four elements of effective sales language. And I'm going to use the word sales here, but it's really sales and marketing. And even Bruce and I talked about this, that marketing is selling. Selling is marketing. I think it's it's ironic that inside of a company, a lot of times people think of them as two different departments and they and they butt heads a lot of times in organizations, right? Because the marketing people yell at the salespeople, well, you you guys can't you can't close any of these leads and and you're not you don't know how to you don't know how to position our company correctly and the salespeople are yelling at the marketing people, hey, all the leads are crap or there's not enough leads coming in. And uh sometimes that's kind of like the classic thing. But I think the the marketing and selling are the same thing. Like I grew up with in sales, right? That is my background, and that's what we do at Southwestern Consulting. Is we do sales co- coaching and sales consulting, and and that is really my background. And I think I learned how to become a great marketer when I realized that marketing is just a sales presentation on paper. It really is, um, except in a lot of ways you have to be more concise because you don't have the gift of somebody's attention right in front of you. So you're using, you're using words and images. Um, and you know, you don't get to have any, any, you don't have the benefit of a conversation or a dialogue, right? So you have to be incredibly crafty and specific about the messages that you're trying to convey. Um, and, you know, as Bruce mentioned, it's one on many. The advantage is you can reach lots and lots of people with marketing, um, where in selling, you're typically more like one on one. It's more like hand to hand combat versus, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe like the Air Force or something dropping like, you know, like, uh, you know, bombs on lots of people, if you will. Um, not to use a war analogy. I don't know that that's a really good analogy. But anyways, the, I, the concept of one to many versus one to one. But selling is also marketing, and I don't think we talk enough about that. I think, I think there is room for salespeople to be more 
careful and deliberate about the language they use. And it's one of the mistakes that we see in lots of our coaching clients and even in our own team members that we don't use the right language. And so language is really important. And the way that you translate what you do, that's what we're talking about here, right? Like how do you communicate what the value is of what you provide or what you do in a way that gets people inspired to take action, to move and buy or, you know, request information or, you know, take some action to engage in your business. And I think it has everything to do with the, the, the sales language that we use, whether it's the written copy in marketing or it is the spoken word in selling. But I think uh, it's the it's the same thing. So here's the four elements. So the first one, uh, the first one is called the highlighter rule, and this is from my old buddy Dave Averin, who we had again on the show not too long ago. But Dave taught me this a long time ago. As he said, you know, let's just let's just take for example your marketing copy, like take your website or any brochures that you have, and the first sort of test is is the highlighter rule. And what you're going to do is take a yellow highlighter and go through and highlight everything on your website or in your printed material that talks about you. How old your company is, who your clients are, how many people are on your team, what you do, any of that sort of stuff. It's all about you. Um, And then take a pink highlighter and go through and highlight every time you talk about what you do for the customer. In other words, what is the value that you provide um, what is the benefit to the customer? What is the customer's problem? What are the pr- customer's issues? How do you specifically solve the customer's um, challenges? And that's the highlighter rule. And basically what Dave was saying is you throw out everything that is in yellow, everything that is about you, which Bruce and I kind of talked about here too, is like they don't care. They, they don't really care. They, there's an element of credibility. There's, a, there's like a credibility box that needs to be checked. But outside of that, people don't really care uh, anymore. Maybe they did, uh, but now our attention spans are so small and we have such a limited mental capacity for new information, like new ideas, things that are outside the, our normal path that we're on. It's like we don't have that much time. So... That's the highlighter rule. And just what are you, where are you talking about yourself versus where are you talking about them? Okay. The second rule or the second element here in our little, um, our four elements test is functions and features versus benefits and advantages. Functions and features versus benefits and advantages. Oh, by the way, I need to go back for a second. On the highlighter rule, I talked about marketing copy, but the same exact thing would apply in sales, in your sales copy. So if you were, if you're a salesperson, if you recorded your presentation and then you transcribed it, you could also use the highlighter rule. Or if, uh, you know, like one of the things we help companies do is we help them create sales talks, sales scripts, or talk tracks, you know, at least guidelines and bullet points so that salespeople use consistent uh, language or follow consistent order in their presentation. So the same thing, you would you would take that presentation, put it on paper in one way or another, and then figure out how much is the salesperson talking about the company and themselves versus talking about the client's um, and that's, that's a really big deal. Now, number two, functions and features versus benefits and advantage. This is more naturally um, a, conver- a topic of conversation in the sales world. So salespeople for years, we've, we've, we've 
been taught or trained, if you've been trained formally, on the difference between features um, and functions versus benefits and advantages. So a feature is like a description of the thing that you have, right? Whatever the th the widget is that you're selling. Um, so if you're selling, you know, let's just say you're selling a car, right? Um, the 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 feature is it's all wheel drive, right? That's a feature. That is a that's a function. It's an element. It's a piece of the product, but it's a mistake to sell using primarily functions and features. The role of this of a great salesperson is to translate those features into benefits and advantages. In other words, what is what is the benefit or the advantage of having all-wheel drive? The benefit is that it's safer when it's snowing or that you can you can you can drive right like you keep your family safe in bad weather conditions or that you can drive in the snow that would be more like a benefit and an advantage so it's translating the, the features and the functionality into benefits it's the difference between what your product does versus the value that it provides kind of what bruce was talking about um you know when we used we were talking about the restaurant and how you exchange money for the food, but that's not really what you're selling. What you're selling is like this experience or even this almost image or this brand that people get to be associated with. That's the part that you're selling, um, but that's not necessarily the thing that people actually exchange money for. So people exchange money for, like when you buy a car, right, you exchange money for the elements, you know, the mechanical pieces of that car, but what they're really buying are not the mechanical pieces. They're they're buying the 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 benefits that the car provides. Um, you know, they're 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 buying transportation in essence, right? They're not buying the fact that it's you know a V6 and it has X number of horsepower. They're buying a ride to work, and they're probably buying a ride to work in a certain style or with a certain level of safety or a certain level of uh, sort of functionality, maybe gas mileage or something if you're selling like hybrids. And that is the same thing that you have to do in marketing copy, right? Is you don't want to talk about just like the features that it has. If you're selling like some type of course, right? You don't want to say, oh, it's got, it's got, uh, you know, 250 pages, nobody cares about the fact that it's 250 pages or it's it's a hundred videos or it's an, it's a thousand hours of film uh, or you know it includes interviews that we conducted with 50 people those are all kind of features they don't they're not translations of the benefit which is what do I get as the result of going through this course or of buying this product or service which um, leads us right into number three. Okay, so first you want to talk about you versus them. That's the highlighter rule. You want to talk about benefits and advantages instead of functions and features. Number three is you want to talk about the destination, not the journey. You want to talk about the destination, not the journey. This applies again if you're a marketer and you're talking about, you know, you have a commercial or you have um, a flyer or you have a billboard or you have something that is a very short, uh, you know, message to broadcast to lots of different people. And it also applies if you're a salesperson. Um, you want to sell the destination, not the journey. So you're, you want to talk about the end result, right, that you bring to people. Um, like in coaching, uh, I'll give you an example. So in, in our coaching like that we do for salespeople, we talk to them twice a month. 
We do two one-on-one phone calls. That is part of the journey. We have a proprietary tool called the CSFs, Critical Success Factors, where salespeople actually log their, their, their activity stats every single day. So our coaches see every day how many sales calls or how many referrals their clients got yesterday or how many presentations they made. So they get like, it's a tool that we use. Um, they get a video. Um, our clients also get a video every other day on advanced sales right? Those are all pieces of the journey. Those are like, again, functional elements of what we provide. That's not what we're selling. We're not selling, hey, two calls a week and a video every other day. Uh, We also have modules, right? So we've got 24 uh, modules in our sales curriculum. We've got 24 in our sales management curriculum. Then we also have uh, automated revenue machine, which is sort of our new thing, which is more on the marketing side. That has a whole curriculum um, of about 20 20 different lessons. And a lot of times salespeople and marketers sell the fact that, oh, it's 24 modules. It's two calls every month. It's uh, reporting your stats every day. That's all the journey. Like nobody buys that. That sounds like homework, right? <laughs> That's, that sounds like work. What you want to sell is the destination. You want to sell the fact that, hey, you're going to be more confident as a salesperson. You're going to have better closing percentages. You're going to generate more referrals. And as a result of having more referrals, you're going to have less call reluctance, right? You're going to wake up every day and it's going to be easier to sell because you have leads to call on. That is the destination. Like That is what the person is buying. They, they may be exchanging money for these other pieces, but in our case, that's they're not buying two coaching calls a month and a video and our online training and our modules. And I mean, they are buying all those things, but that's not what gets people to take action. What gets them to take action is this transformation. So you're, you're, you have to talk about the transformation you provide, not the service delivery. Um, again, coming back to destination versus journey, if you're a travel agent, right, you, it, you, and you're selling a trip to Bora Bora, you sell like, oh, Bora Bora is amazing. The water is beautiful. It's so translucent and it's it's like electric blue and it's clear and you can you can walk you know 200 yards off the off the bay and still be only waist deep and you're gonna have these glass floors in your bungalow and there's a beautiful mountain scenery and there's these all day spa um you know spa experiences and an incredible wildlife. That's selling the destination. You don't want to sell the journey. Selling the journey is like, okay, so here's the deal. You're going to go to Bora Bora, but before you do that, like you're going to have to pack and you have to go through your closet and you're going to have to think through, okay, every little thing that you got to put in your suitcase. And then you're going to have to stuff your suitcase and you're going to have to sit on it to like get the stupid thing to zip. Then you're going to have to load like a 60 pound suitcase into your car and you're going to have the car packed and you're not going to be able to see out the back window. And then you're going to, you're going to go screaming off to the airport. You're going to be running late because you, you weren't packed and then you're going to check in at the luggage counter and you're going to wait for an hour in line for this international trip. You're going to be barely trying to make your flight and then you're going to get charged because your luggage is so big and you're going to pay this extra money and then you're going to sprint through the security line and when you're in the security line, like there's going to be a, there's going to be a thousand people there and you're going to be stressing out because you're trying to make your trip to Bora Bora and then you're going to have to remember your passport and then go through security and when you're in security, they're going to, they're going to frisk you and they're going to make you take off your shoes and pull out your laptop and they're going to throw away your shampoo if you didn't check it in your baggage and then you're going to get on this hot sweaty plane and for nine hours you're going to have to sit on this plane like in in two feet of space right that's not how you sell a trip to Bora Bora 
but all day, every day. That is exactly how marketers sell their products and salespeople sell their services. They, 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 they spend all their time talking about all the pieces and the parts of the, the, the thing that they're selling, right? They're talking, they, they sell the vehicle. They're not selling the destination. They're not selling the transformation. And, and that is a part of, that, that, that is the sale. And that matters in, in both marketing and selling. And then number four, uh, uh, okay, so you have talk about you, not them. Talk about benefits and advantages, not features and functions. Talk about the destination, not the journey. And then number four, talk about who they want to be not even necessarily what they want to have. Talk about who they want to be, not what they want to have. And this was part of my big breakthrough here um, with Bruce, right? It's, it's not even necessarily talking about all the things they want to have, but wh who is the person they want to be? That is what people buy, is this future image of themselves, this future uh, vision, this, this thing that they see for a better life, for a better profession, to be a better mom or a better dad or a better boss or a better salesperson or a better leader, right? Like that is what people are buying. And and you can ask yourselves the question, like how much of your marketing copy or your sales presentation, right? Your sales conversation, the things you're saying, how much are you talking about who they want to be? What kind of person does your product help them become in the future? And that is just such a clarifying moment for me, for some reason, the way that Bruce said it, is it helped translate all of these things that I've just kind of recapped for you that I've learned over time into one sort of singular message or litmus test is who do they want to be, right? Thinking back to what, what we sell in coaching, um, like, okay, so when we're selling sales coaching, it again, who do they want to be? They want to be trusted, they want to be respected as a salesperson. They want their clients to see them as an advisor. They want um, they want their their job as a salesperson to be easier. They want less rejection. They want more confidence. They want more peace. Those are the things that we are selling because those are the byproducts of all the information we teach and the system that we teach when salespeople implement the system. Uh, same thing in when we're doing marketing, right? Like when we when we're coaching small business owners on creating an automated revenue machine, it's not that they they don't care about the technology we use, right? There's lots of different platforms you, we use. There's lots of different social media tools we use. It's not that Facebook is the the secret or having a blog is the secret or a podcast is the secret. But the the, the what they want is an automated revenue machine. They want leads coming into their business. They want. Uh, they want inbound marketing. They want inbound requests instead of having to make all just outbound stuff, right? They want to they want to supplement their 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 outbound sales activity with inbound uh, results from marketing. They want to have confidence that their systems are going to work. They want to have a way to easily send emails to communicate to their list and to their audience. That's what an automated revenue machine is. They want to make passive income. They want to, to generate leads while they sleep. They want to uh, create a systematic training process for training their people and have an educational library where every time they hire a new person for their company, they can they can um, have all that information available without having to talk to a human and repeat themselves over and over again. Those are That is who they want to be. That's who they want their business to be. And that's what you have to sell is who do they want to be, not not what what do they want to even have necessarily or um, 
you know, what, what are the, what are the things that you provide? Um, and I think, so that is the big litmus test. It's four elements of effective sales language. Uh, the high highlighter rule is to talk about you, talk about them. Don't talk about you. Talk about benefits and advantages, not features and functions. Talk about the destination, not the journey. And most importantly of all, talk about who they want to be. And that will change your sales. Well, that about wraps up the Action Catalyst podcast for this week. If you haven't yet, please log in to whatever your favorite medium is to listen to the show and both rate this podcast and leave a comment as that really helps us out. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and screenshot this episode to share with your friends on social media. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst and subscribe to our video podcast on YouTube. Thanks for listening.